Personal accountability is a personal investment in choice. We all have the capability and wherewithal to determine which direction we want our life to go, regardless of the socioeconomic situations we arise from. We have a personal responsibility to make the best of our personal circumstances. No one knows that better than my friend Thomas Gein. He's a U.S. Army veteran, father of two, and the CEO of Train by Key. He's focused on helping people realize the value of good nutrition, elevating their mindset in life, and utilizing his over seven years as an entrepreneur and 13 years in the field of bodybuilding to help people have a sense of ownership, pride, and accountability on how they level up and show up in all aspects of their lives. Gian is someone who has little time for excuses and believes that we're all capable of maximizing the greatest aspects of our character, personality, and how we influence the world. Gian is someone who wants to see the best in people and giving them the sense of empowerment to believe that they are good enough, just the way they are. If you're ready for a lesson in personal confidence, accountability, and maximizing the way our potential can translate to results in life, then, my friend, you're in the right place, because my conversation with Gian starts now. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. to welcome you to the program, my friend, and I'm super excited to learn how you help people level up in all aspects of their life. Great to see you today, buddy, and thank you for a few minutes. Good to see you. Thank you for your time as well. Absolutely, my friend. So, Thomas, I know that entering the Army was a big turning point in your life, and you also took up... Uh, an interest in bodybuilding and fitness, my friend. So first and foremost, thank you for your service to the country, my friend. And tell me, how did that portion of your life really change the trajectory of your life? Well, from day one in the military, you are uh, instilled discipline very early on. You have to be at the right place at the right time in the right uniform. Um, there's really no excuse for it. So, uh, as soon as you graduate high school and you go into that kind of environment, you learn to grow up very fast. Um, you learn to not make excuses and just execute your plan. Um, as the military goes on, that same 
that same concept keeps going throughout, you know, right place, right time, right uniform. Um, as I transitioned out of the military, I began my bodybuilding journey uh, to chase my professional card in bodybuilding. And uh, of course, when you deal with bodybuilding, it's, it's the same concept, discipline every single day, following your plan, executing your plan without fail. Um, and discipline is, is just a big part of my life. Uh, everything that that has saved my life in the darkest times ended up falling back on discipline, the daily habits that I had created and the person that I was meant to be. Yeah, absolutely. My friend, and I, you know, in preparation to talk to you, buddy, I did a deep dive in your Instagram and a lot of your messaging has, has to do with help people really take personal accountability and really, uh, encouraging them to maximize their own level of potential. So what does that mean to you to help people uh, maximize their own personal potential? And when we take a look at the concept of accountability, what comes to mind for you? Well, accountability for me is keeping your word to yourself. Um, throughout the day, whatever it may be that you do from day-to-day -day life, keeping your word to yourself, doing what you say you're going to do um, and following through with what you say is, has been a huge part of my life. Um, I've, I've faced the most ordinary problems. I've been through breakups. I've been through a divorce. I've been through the military. I've ha I have two children. Um, so everything that the average person goes through, I've gone through that. Um, a lot of the normal problems in today's society, uh, people tend to let that derail them. They let uh, a breakup, uh, bad eating habits, um, their weight, you know, losing a job. They let these small problems derail them. And once they get derailed um, off of their plan and their purpose in life, uh, it's just compounded with negative effects. So as I became a, a master of self and I really tapped into higher potential and really started cultivating a mindset that, that cannot be broken, I felt like it was very valuable, valuable to the world. Um, I'm able to help a lot of people through basic 30 second clips, um, you know, just really getting people to, to tap into their higher self. Accountability is key, especially when we're talking about personal development, personal development ultimately, ultimately saved my life. Um, through those ordinary problems, you, you know, you can really lose a lot of time in life. And for myself speaking, a lot of the things I went through were a, a very easy way just to give up and, and stop moving forward. But through accountability, discipline, and, and my daily program, I was able to get over those humps. And now I, that's what I do for a living is I train people on creating that mindset, creating the daily habits that they need to create a person that they truly admire. Yeah, so let's talk about that. What are the keys to creating great habits and really creating a mindset of being unbroken? What does that mean to you, Bonnie? Well, it starts off with yourself. I, as a coach, I cannot make you do anything. I can't make anyone on the internet do anything. The first step is accountability and looking in the mirror and saying that you're tired of what you see. Now, once you do that, and once you realize that there is some higher potential left to tap into, then we can begin your personal development journey. My process is very simple. It's not about what you're doing. It's about who you're creating. The process of our daily habits is creating a person that you admire. My daily program consists of working out, eating healthy, projecting positive 
influence into the world, not inviting karmic debt. Karmic debt is the loss of energy through negative action. So I avoid karmic debt as, as, as much as possible. Um, the first step that I, that I work on somebody when they want to level up in life or when they want to elevate their mindset is creating habits. The first habit, the most simple habit that we can help you cultivate is your eating habits, your diet, which is most times the most hardest thing for people to do. Um, not going through a drive through not eating ice cream, not trashing your body with food is some of the hardest things that someone will do in their life. So my, my program, the first thing we work on is your diet. Let's get your diet in check. Let's make sure everything in the diet aspect is good. Once that's good and we're underway with the diet, then we'll work on your physical training, working out inside of a gym. We'll work on your personal development from a mindset standpoint. We'll start creating an unbreakable mindset. And what that means is you're aware of your energy conservation. You're aware of how you expend your energy and what you accept into your life. You don't have to receive all negative energy. You don't have to release all your negative energy. So through those basic steps, we're able to cultivate a person that when they do go through a breakup, when they do lose a job, when they do have a flat tire on the side of the road, instead of, let, instead of letting that same problem compound through the rest of the day, through the end of the week, over the next month or two months, we're able to get on it very quickly. And usually what happens and what I coach people through is when something negative happens in your life, we'll immediately go into a physical activity. My choice is burpees. I love to do burpees. When I get bad news, when someone pushes negative energy onto me, or first thing when I wake up, no one wakes up laughing. No one wakes up smiling. We all wake up inherently negative. So doing personal uh, physical activity first thing in the morning before anything else has been a very big secret of mine to release the negative energy that's carrying through from the from the day before and then moving forward with an outward projection of positive attitudes fantastic well thomas it's good to see you this morning my friend and i wanted to uh, resume our conversation by asking you about the concept of accountability and a sort of eliminating excuses my friend and how you you view that as a concept my friend well accountability is key in life um, whether you're a business owner or a husband a wife or a father or just an employee in everyday life accountability is key um, the way that my program uh, instills accountability is is through discipline which is also through your diet, through your workout program, through your daily habits. Um, accountability, if you, if you don't have accountability, you're really not going to be a structured individual. Everyone that's successful in this life is structured. They go by a regiment. They have a structure by which they live their life. And within a structure, you have to be held accountable. Yeah, absolutely, my friend. And let's uh, talk about eliminating excuses, my friend. I'll give you a quick story. So, uh, Thomas, I don't know how much uh, research or reading up on me you did before we had a chance to talk about it, but I uh, found out at the age of nine, bud, that I wouldn't be able to walk uh, without assistance for the duration of my life because of the 
uh, severity of my uh, cerebral palsy, my friend. But I always tell people that, you, you know, I view life as uh, sort of stacking a deck of cards and really stacking our deck of cards that were dealt uh, in our favor. So tell me, Thomas, about eliminating excuses and persevering past adversity, my friend, and your views there as well. Well, just like what you explained, 99% of people have it better than you. Almost 90% of people can walk. You know, 90% of people can eat on their own and can actually go through their daily habits without assistance. So for me, I like to put in perspective that it could always be worse. The situation could always be worse no matter what it is. Um, there's always going to be somebody on death row inside of a prison that wishes they could trade spots with me. So early on in life, um, when I started learning about accountability and, and how to overcome certain things, uh, eliminating excuses was often done by switching my perspective. Um, perspective and gratitude were two major key points in entrepreneurship for me, especially in the starting stages just because it's, it's real easy to get wrapped around what's actually going on in the present. You know, you, you have a flat tire, your wife divorces you, your kids are having a bad day. There's a lot of different things that could put you into a bad mood, could get you on a downward spiral. And when you have perspective and gratitude cultivated at a high level, you're able to switch that mindset very quickly and say, it could always be worse. There could always be something else happening. Um, and I, I usually do that. And as silly as it sounds, I usually do that by saying that would someone on death row think that my problem is a big problem? And generally speaking, my problem is so small, it's so minute that I'm able just to extinguish it very fast. Um, when I'm working with my clients and they just start coming with the excuses I either overpower them with positivity or I just call them out just like I said. Is your problem this big? Is it really as big as you're making it out to be? Would someone on death row take your problem from you in a heartbeat? And usually they say yes, yes, yes. And that's how we extinguish those excuses very on. Um, other than just being real with yourself, you have to be a realist. Love is not lies. Um, I don't lie to my clients. I don't sugarcoat it. Um, like I say, there's somebody out there that's got it worse than you. Yeah, absolutely. It's a matter of perspective, isn't it? Yes, sir. Yeah, and Thomas, I know that you have two kids, and I know that being a championship dad is important to you. So tell me, what? how do you define being a championship dad? And what would you say uh, to first-time fathers or fathers needing to level up in life. So what does it mean to you to be a championship dad, my friend? Well, a championship dad is somebody that's cultivated. Just because you have children doesn't make you an all-star dad. Um, being a championship dad to me means that you do what you say you're going to do. You're, you're sober. I'm a real big believer in sobriety. No alcohol, no drugs, no mind-altering substances. You follow through with what you say and you lead the example. You lead the example for what you you believe in this life. You're the man that you listen to and that you admire. And 
through that, your children will follow. Times a lot wonder why kids do them, why they're running around, why they're yelling and screaming and don't do anything they say they're going to do. And ultimately, it's because they don't respect their parents, because their parents don't respect their self. You project what you possess. If you don't love yourself unconditionally, you cannot produce and project love unconditionally. Now, that's not saying you can't love your children. You can. But if you're a parent and you drink alcohol or you do drugs, you do not love yourself unconditionally. So being a championship dad to me means that I'm actually doing the daily steps needed to lead the example for my children because I know at the end of the day, they probably won't listen to the words as much as they're going to watch the actions that I take in. So when I let my kids see that I'm eating healthy, that I'm working out, that I say no to alcohol, that I don't go to parties and drink alcohol, that I project positive things into this world, and they can see that. I have an eight-year-old son. He's very into um, discipline, sports, mindset type of stuff very early on. I don't believe in pushing it on your children. You should just uh, you know, lead by example and allow them to follow. So a championship dad is somebody that keeps his word. He's sober, and he is truly the man that he admires, and, and he leads by example. Yeah, absolutely. And Thomas, tell me, how do you, how do you view... Uh, the word consistency as an overall uh, sort of moderate in life. How do you view uh, consistency as a whole? Well, consistency is one of the key ingredients to success. If you're not consistent, you'll never uh, move forward positively for a longer period of time. Now, a lot of times, people in this world take five steps forward and two steps back. Monday through Friday, they're on their program, they're doing everything they know they should be doing, and then on the weekends, they take two steps back. Um, consistency compounded over months and years and decades is exactly going to be the ingredient needed to get to where you want to go. If you want to be a millionaire, if you want to own your own business, if you want to lead your children to the, to the path in life that you believe is the right path, it's not going to happen overnight. It's going to happen over compounded actions, which is consistency over time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Thomas, I know that you're, uh, a part of the pillars of your program is that strength is built through restraint, my friend. So uh, can you tell me about uh, your daily program in, in, in greater detail? Because I know it's all about uh, physical activity, nutrition, and uh, uh, driving with purpose, my friend. So I'm wondering if you can tell me more. So my daily program, um, ultimately, it was constructed to create a man that cannot be broken. Um, and what I mean by that is the ordinary problems in life, they cannot break me. Um, divorce, breakup, losing money, all the simple stuff, my daily program is what fights those off. So to start out the day, we wake up at 3 a.m. Um, there's multiple reasons I do that. One is to maximize as much time in the day. I have a lot of things going on. I try to get as many hours clocked in in the day. Um, the second reason is because it's hard. No one likes waking up early. It's hard to wake up out of, out of a deep sleep at 3 a.m. 
and get moving. Um, number three is ultimately because I know my competition is not doing that. Um, I, I, I'm a firm believer. If I do the hard things and the things that people won't, I'm going to get a lot further than the people that I'm competing against. Um, and we're talking from a business standpoint and competition. Uh, so we wake up at 3 a.m. Within three minutes, I do 60 seconds worth of straight burpees. So within three minutes, that means before I use the restroom, before I make my coffee, before I do a protein shake, before anything, I do burpees. Now, the purpose of this set of burpees is not anything physical related. It's all mental and emotional. Like I said, it's very difficult to wake up at 3 a.m. But if you get moving very quickly, you realize that you're awake. You, you become energized. So those burpees are specifically designed to wake me up, to get me going, to get me in the mood, and to not allow that snooze alarm or, or me to lay back down and go to sleep to happen. By nature, my entire life I've been a heavy sleeper, which a lot of people could relate through. I sleep through an alarm without a problem. So that little trick right there, uh, doing the burpees within 60 seconds of waking up, within three minutes, um, it's been very key. So that's the wake up, 3 a.m. We followed by a protein shake, um, some coffee, you know, some daily journaling and, and things of that nature. That's about the first hour. Within the first three hours of being awake, I, I like to get into the gym do a training session. Um, now this is my my time. It's my time to release all the negative energy carrying over from the day before. It's my time to work on myself and become a, a better individual. But ultimately, the gym is going to be a part of my life regardless. And I've always found if I wait to the end of the day to go to the gym, then I have to be thinking about the gym the entire day. You know, if someone goes to the gym at 4 or 5 in the clock in the afternoon, after work, at lunchtime, at 1 or 2 o'clock in the afternoon, they begin to start thinking like, oh, I got to go to the gym. I got to go to the gym. So when you're thinking those things, it's taking your focus on what you're truly uh, should be doing. Now, my purpose in life and what I do from day to day is I coach other individuals. Um, I'm a fitness and health coach. So if I'm thinking about myself during our meeting and um, if I'm thinking about myself during the time that's allotted for my clients, that's selfish. So I like to get that workout in first thing in the morning. Um, that way I can outwardly project positive actions the rest of the day. Um, usually, about, uh, usually around 8 a.m., I'm finished with myself. I'm ready to focus on everyone else. And I like to go into a 60-40-20 workflow. So 60 minutes of dedicated work time, 40 minutes. Uh, of something that I need to get done, whether it's something around the house, helping my wife with the dishes, cleaning up, whatever it is, 20 minutes. Um, that might be a quick little arm workout, you know, a, a walk around the block. We might do something, you know, run to the store, something like that. So 60 minutes working on my uh, business, 40 minutes miscellaneous things around the house, whatever needs to be done. 20 minutes frivolous activity, and then we're back into the, into the 60 minutes. Um, I will work all the way up until midnight, so I'm responding, I'm doing calls, I'm writing diets all the way until midnight. Usually around midnight, 1230, I'll lay it down. 
Um, now, I know a lot of people are going to knock that. You need sleep. You need this. You need that. Um, that's what works for me. I, I have found that the less sleep I have, the more uncomfortable I am, the better results I see. Now, that's not what I recommend for anyone to do unless you know it works for you. Um, but that's my daily program. Yeah, absolutely, my friend. And I'm curious to also ask you, what does it mean to you to sort of develop a championship culture in life? So that, to me, a championship culture is really cult. If you're, uh, if you're the one cultivating that culture, you have to be a champion. You have to have a champion mindset. So ultimately what I believe is you have to keep your word to yourself. You have to do what you say you're going to do. You have to follow through with what you say you're going to do. Um, and you have to project positive actions into this world. I believe sobriety is a huge part of that. You know, there's no drugs, alcohol, mind-altering substances. I believe you need physical activity. I believe men in this world should be strong and capable to hold their own. Um, and I believe you should look good. I believe you should follow a diet that results in a, in a byproduct of a good-looking body, um, a strong body. So when I look at a champion, I'm not necessarily looking at dollar signs, even though that being financially set is a very good asset to have, but more or less his mindset, how he holds himself, and his actual physical structure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Thomas, tell me, what do you think when you uh, are looking at uh, society today, you know, when you turn on the news, my friend, uh, you know, and this is coming from a news guy, you're, you're instantly told, what's wrong with the world, but it's also important to stay informed. So when you look at society today, what's the one thing that frustrates you the most that you want to sort of uh, change in your own sort of ecosystem each and every day? Well, what bothers me the most is more times than not, the average individual is more worried about someone else than they are themselves. A lot of my message comes from you have to get yourself right. You need to get yourself right first. Um, I believe if everyone came to the table at their highest self, in their best physical form, 100% sober, and at their strongest point in life financially, that we wouldn't have these problems. I don't believe people actually put in the work to create a person they're actually proud of. I think the average person doesn't believe that they are their own superhero and that they are at their highest self. Um, I believe this world is, is how it is right now as a byproduct of insecurity and jealousy. It's a lot easier to portray actions onto someone else versus working on yourself. You know, personal development is difficult. It takes a lot of effort every single day. Um, and I think if the average person, whoever it is, if they actually worked on their self, got a good diet in, ate healthy, got a good workout in, that we wouldn't be seeing all of this. Because when you actually work on yourself and when you purposely put positive actions into this world, you don't enjoy having your energy stolen from you. Um, there's no one that's going to convince me that a person on a news channel, whether it's their job or not, if they're 
purposely putting negative energy into this world, they don't feel good about themselves. You project what you possess. If all I have to say is negative things about somebody, I'm negative inside. I'm negative about myself. So I would say everyone listening should start working on themselves. If you notice you feel negative about something or someone, that's because it's coming from within. So I, don't, I believe we would not be as divided today if everybody would work on their self for a good two hours in the morning before they get things going. Um, granted, a lot of the news channels and things like that are people's way of making money. I understand that. Um, but you don't have to be negative in a sense. Yeah, absolutely. And just following up on that, Thomas, I really believe that your personal health and fitness level is a personal and conscious choice, my friend. You know, for me, I sort of uh, challenge myself to be at least a 10 minutes active each and every day. In fact, uh, before I sat down to talk to you this morning, I fit, finished a weightlifting session, my friend. So tell me about... Uh, Valuing your health as sort of sort of, sort of a personal uh, priority in life, and how important that is. Well, with the bodybuilding background, uh, I did my first bodybuilding competition uh, 13 years ago this summer. So I've been working out and eating healthy and doing that for a long time. Um, I used to train as a bodybuilder. I would train specifically to grow my muscles, to look a certain way on stage, um, and to be judged on stage. Um, I, I always found love for it. It's always been a part of my life. But now, in today's day, I don't train necessarily to have a good body. I train to release negative energy, and I train to get myself in a higher frequency. Um, I try to get in flow state. I try to get as high of a frequency as I can every single day because I know how it feels. And when you know what enlightenment feels like, you can understand why I would continue to chase that. Physical health, the working out, being in the gym, it's, um, it's one of the, the cornerstones of my success. It's one of the things that I truly believe if you do get your blood moving, if you do put a lot of oxygen into your muscles every single day, you're going to feel better. You're going to have a more positive mood. You're going to put positive actions into this world. Going back to the, the key ingredient of all of this is put positive actions into the world. Um, it's also 100% impossible to be in a negative state during high-intensity workout. It's proven in science. Um, so a lot of times when my clients and customers are having a bad day or having a lot of negative things happen, I'll have them knock out 100 burpees. I'll have them go on a little run. If we're in the middle of a conference call and they're just negative, 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 I'll, I'll just tell them, hey, look, go do 20 push-ups and call me back. They'll call me back and they're totally rejuvenated. It completely alters their mindset. So I believe physical fitness is one of the most important ingredients to someone's happiness. Yeah, absolutely. And I also know, uh, Thomas, that you're a big believer in universal laws and, and sort of implementing that in life. And, you know, 
for me, prosperity, I look at prosperity as a choice, as you keep alluding to this morning. And I'm curious to ask you about uh, your views on prosperity and how uh, universal laws are also interconnected into that. Um, I, so I discovered universal laws and to me it made sense like this. The universe is our higher calling, whether you want to say it's God or, you know, space or whatever it is, I believe there's a higher calling. And when we trace this, when we trace the universal laws back thousands of years ago, everyone is saying the same thing. Um, now, a good example I like to, to uh, display or to share is that when a child, very young in age, when they're playing basketball for the first time and they make a basketball in the goal, what do they usually do? They clap, they get real happy, they jump up and down, you know? What about when they start walking? They walk, they walk, they walk, they fall. When they start walking normally, they get very happy. So universal law is our calling from above. The law of exposure is one that really hits good with me. Uh, once you're exposed, you cannot be unexposed. So when I was exposed to um, financial success, I could never forget it. When I was exposed to a private jet, I could never forget it. When my children are exposed to eating healthy, and learning discipline and being regimented with their day, they can't forget it. Whether they want to listen or not, they won't be able to forget it. Um, the law of compensation, the law of divine oneness. Um, I like to live by universal law because it's, it keeps me in congruence with my conscience. So my gut feeling or my conscience, that's what I listen to. That's my guide. If it feels wrong, it is wrong. If it is right, it feels right. Um, the law of man is like, don't steal, don't, don't kill, you know, don't run the stop sign, things like that. And I used to, I used to think that I could get away with those kinds of things. Um, the law of man, the laws that we created in this world. And I always found out that no matter what I did or, or how many times I did it, I always had to pay for it. And I had to pay for it through karmic debt, karmic debt is the punishment of your time. So your time is stolen from you. I think prosperity is very important because it, there's no reason we shouldn't flourish in this life. You know, there's no reason that we shouldn't be successful in this life. It all starts with your daily habits. Um, if you listen to your conscience, if you listen to your gut feeling, it's going to guide you to exactly where you need to go. Um, I don't think we have enough time to get into it, but if you Google universal laws, you'll start to read a lot of things that you know make sense. No one has to break it down for you. It's things that we've been taught over a long period of time. So um, I'm a big believer in the universal laws for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And Thomas, what does it mean to you to be sort of an elite competitor in life? What does that mean to you, buddy? An elite competitor means that I'm going to do what you won't do. I'm going to work harder, smarter, and faster than you will at all times. That's the reason for waking up at 3 a.m. That's the reason for going to sleep at midnight. When it's storming down, raining outside, I'm still outside doing my cardio. Um, 
an elite of anything, whether it's in business, personal development, life, or your relationship. To be an elite individual means you're going to do whatever it takes. Um, a lot of times, individuals do not do whatever it takes. They're, they have a scapegoat. They have an excuse. Um, they have a way out. I've operated for quite a while now with no plan B. I don't have a fallback. If I fail what I'm pursuing right now, then I fail miserably. But I don't have a, a what if. I don't have a plan B. Um, I think to be an elite, you have to think like that. Um, ultimately, an elite type of individual is someone who's going to do whatever it takes no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. And Thomas, tell me, how did your time in the Army sort of help uh, transform your thinking in all aspects of your life? Well, I think ultimately the discipline um, was a bit was the biggest factor. Um, discipline is huge in my life, as we discussed earlier, um, and uh, I got to realize that I was not a person who could take order. I think that's what I took um, direction from the most in the military. There's it's just like the the average civilian world. Um, you have people that are overweight. You have people that commit crimes. You know, you, it's just like the civilian world. Um, so when I started having, I was required to take direction from people that were overweight and out of shape, um, that relied on the alcohol every weekend. When I started having to take order from that, I really started learning that that's not what I believed in. So when I got out, I was able to cultivate a person that was truly unstoppable as far as a mindset standpoint um, because of sobriety, because of being the person that I would listen to. Um, now, from a military standpoint, what I really took away most, uh, most from it was the brotherhood. Um, it's very hard in today's society to get around 10 or 20 or 30 people that think like you do. Um, inside of the military, we were grouped as infantrymen. We were grouped, you know, in platoons. So 30 people or so, generally, we all thought the same and acted the same and, and shared the same um, aspects of life. Now, in the real world, it's, it's hard to find that. So I valued the most uh, from the military. I valued brotherhood. I learned the most uh, discipline. Yeah, absolutely. And Thomas, I've got two more questions for you. And the first is a, a two-part question, my friend. Fred, in terms of defining joy in your life, how do you define joy? And how do you want your personal and professional legacy uh, uh, to be defined, my friend? Well, I find joy in fulfilling my purpose. Um, I truly believe I can change a lot of people through fitness, through mindset, through nutrition. Um, flow state is when we're not thinking about time, when we're not thinking about going to the restroom, when we're actively engaged in our calling. Um, I go into flow state very e easily when I'm helping someone work through their problems. Um, recently, I had a, a, a gentleman come to me. He was a full-blown alcoholic. He was drinking a bottle a day of liquor. He was about to lose his wife and his two children. 
And through my program and personal development, nutrition, and training, he was able to completely alter and 180 his life. He changed everything. Um, that's where I find joy. I find joy um, in being the man that I admire and that my kids are proud of. Um, it ultimately falls back onto the daily program. Um, but being, you know, finding joy comes from serving others, essentially. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Thomas, my final question for you this morning has to do with your final message about the importance of leveling up in life and really, really taking personal ownership of your own life and circumstances. So what's your final message about leveling up in life, my friend? Well, your level up, you will never be ready for. You'll never be ready. Uh, or you'll, you'll never have a plan for your next level up. Um, your, the, the next level up usually happens when things are very uncomfortable and discomforting for you. Um, what I would say is if you feel it in your stomach, if you have some sort of gut feeling about a certain subject, you need to follow your conscience. That's your conscience is always going to lead you down the right road. Um, I think it's as simple as that. Yeah, absolutely. And finally, tell me, Thomas, if people want to get connected with you, I know you're active on Instagram, but what's the best way that uh, people can get connected with you, my friend? Uh, trained in the past tense, trained by T on, Insta on Instagram. Um, that's where I do all of my messaging, everything uh, business-related through Instagram. If we connect and you jump on my team, I do have a custom app where I will do your nutrition and training through my app. Um, I make it very simple, very dummy-proof. Uh, it's very easy to follow along. Um, so, yeah, Instagram, trained by T. Fantastic. Well, Thomas, I, I, I certainly uh, leveled up through this conversation, and I want to thank you for the good work that you do to help people live help, healthier, have, happier, and more pr productive lives, my friend. It's great to see you, and thank you for a few minutes and engaging in conversation, my friend. Yes, sir. You're welcome. Thank you for your time, and if you're listening... Your conscience hits you during this during this interview. You got to follow your conscience. So go down the right road and and pursue positive actions. Absolutely, my friend. Well, thank you for that parting message, and I want to wish you a good weekend, my friend. Have a good one. Be safe. Yes, sir.